baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm Heather Vale, and today I'm speaking with Paige Maddox, Regional Program Director for the Baller Dream Foundation, and Hall of Fame pitcher Greg Maddox. Among other accomplishments, Greg was the first pitcher in Major League history to win the Cy Young Award for four consecutive years, and now he's hosting an upcoming celebrity poker tournament to benefit the Baller Dream Foundation and young warriors battling cancer. Greg and Paige, thank you both so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So, elephant in the room, Maddox isn't that common a last name, but you both have it. So, what's the connection? <laughs> yes, Greg is my dad. So, it's really awesome to be able to work together on this charity event, obviously bringing in an awesome athlete network for a great local cause here in Vegas. Yeah, it's fantastic. So Paige, what exactly is the Baller Dream Foundation? Yeah, so Baller Dream Foundation supports pediatric and young adult cancer warriors up to the age of 29. So we hit a lot of the demographic that is often overlooked by a lot of local charities that usually stop at age 18. So we provide support through a lot of the common stressors families encounter throughout all stages of their cancer journey through treatment, remission, and beyond. So with that, we sometimes will help with medical expenses, gas or grocery cards, but we also provide major experiences for these families. So that can range from dream vacations, a celebrity meet and greet. Um, we've even helped some young adults get their first job or pay for college tuition. Wow, nice. Okay. So Greg, besides helping out your wonderful daughter, what made you want to get involved with the foundation? Well, obviously, I'm happy to help out my daughter, Paige, and uh, it's, a, it's a great cause. It's, it's a great charity and in a position and fortunate enough to be able to give back and, and donate money and time to this cause and believe in it. I've been to a few events. It's an outstanding charity organization, and I'm very happy to support it along with my wife, Kathy. Nice. Okay. Now, Baller Dream Foundation isn't an organization I've heard of before, but it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of great work. Paige, when did it actually start? Yeah, so we were officially founded in 2018 in New York. So our founder, his name is Frank de Blasi. He is a cancer survivor. He was diagnosed with testicular cancer when he was 29 years old. He has quickly grown this organization into six different states. So we became prominent in Nevada only about a year and a half ago. So I've been there since 2021 and we're, we're quickly growing ever since this, this new event that we're doing with Circa in downtown Vegas is going to be our key signature event that we hope to do every year and hopefully something that will help a lot of locals hear about us. That's fantastic. What would you say sets the Baller Dream Foundation apart from other charity organizations that are focused on helping cancer victims? 
Yeah, well, this is really my favorite part about the organization is we develop lasting relationships with all of these kids. So the other thing about us is we don't we don't call them patients, you know, no one likes to be called a patient. Um, We call them ballers. And so we call them our baller families. And through our relationships with them, we really get to know how we can impact them the most. So they're not so much picking from a laundry list of experiences that they get to do, but through our relationship, we we learn what's really going to make a difference, right? You know, some families, their dream is to go to Disney World, but other families might need a little bit more than that. So we're with them, like I said, through treatment, remission, and beyond. So about 60% of our families will use our services more than once. So we are with them through through every step of the way. Nice. Okay. So Greg, tell us more about the upcoming celebrity poker tournament that's happening at Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, The tournament's going to be played April 28th to 30th. We've got a great cast of of celebs coming in. Uh, We've got Roger Clemens, who, in my opinion, was one of the best pitchers of his generation, if not the best. Uh, Tito Ortiz for all the UFC fans out there. We've got David Wells. we got a bunch of other pitchers coming in. we got Hall of Famers, Goose Gossage, Raleigh Fingers. We got some football guys. We got Evan Mathis. We got hockey guy Darren Banks and Derek England. We got a couple football guys that are coming in. Joe Stanley, who's you know been to six Pro Bowls. Uh, Evan Mathis, he's a Super Bowl champion, a two-time Pro Bowler. Uh, Wally Joyner, who's just an all-around great guy. He was one of my teammates over the years, along with Derek Lee. And uh, we just got we got great guys, good people, guys coming in that are going to come into Vegas and have fun for the three days and interact with the uh, participants and you know help help raise money for the Baller Drip Foundation. So, will all these celebrities be actually playing poker, or are they just kind of walking around and and providing photo ops? No, they'll be in the game. I mean, uh, the winner gets to keep some cash, too. So hopefully uh, one of the celebs win and they'll donate that money back to the foundation. But that'll be their call at the time to do that if they choose to. And uh, I know if I'll win, I'll donate it back to the foundation. So it's just a way to raise money, help the Baller Foundation out, and at the same time, have a good time in Vegas. Nice. So, Paige, besides the celebrities and the poker tournament, what else is happening throughout the weekend? Yeah, so on Friday night, we've got a VIP dinner at Barry's Downtown Prime. Um, Chef Barry is going to put together an awesome menu for our guests. And beyond that, on Saturday night, we're going to be at Stadium Swim. So another amazing property to have all of these celebrities out. It's also during NFL Draft Weekend, so we expect a lot to be going on. And yeah, we've got we've got three days of great things on on the Circa property going on. And what will the money raised specifically go to support, just like general to the foundation, or are there specific programs that it'll be supporting? Yeah, so it's going to support our major gift experiences in Las Vegas. So um, we currently have about 15 ballers in our pipeline waiting to be gifted. All of our gifts usually range between $2,500 to $10,000, depending on the family and their size. So all of the money raised will be able to help local ballers get that dream gift of theirs. Okay. And when you say dream gift, are these the experiences that you were talking about earlier, or is it just a cash support? Yeah, they're experiences. So we will we'll find that custom experience that we believe will best impact their life. And we typically involve the whole family on board. What kinds of experiences have you gifted so far? 
Yeah. So just earlier this year, we had a family do a full trip to Yellowstone. Um, they got to do a whole kind of camping excursion that that's what they were hoping to do, spend some time together. Um, we've also had a young man ask us to redo his wardrobe because he needed some more professional attire. He was so sweet. He wanted to help support his mom and his siblings after all that they've done for him throughout his cancer journey. So we got him paired up with all new suits, business casual, and even some clothes that he can wear to school. We've also done things like send kids to Monday Night Football with DK Metcalf over with the Seahawks last year. But like I said, it really just depends. You know, some kids want to go see Dancing with the Stars. We've had a few go on um, Guy Fieri's grocery games. There really is, is no limit when it comes to what we can make happen for these kids. What about playing baseball with a Hall of Fame pitcher like Greg Maddox? I think that could be arranged. You know, (laughs) if we get a kid that's interested in it. I think it'll have to be wiffle ball these days. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So if we have listeners who unfortunately have a child or a teen in their family that is dealing with cancer, how would they go about becoming a baller? Yeah, that's a great question. So we get most of our referrals from local nonprofits or our partners over at Summerlin Medical or Cure for Kids Foundation. Um, Families can also self-nominate now on our website, which is www.ballerdream.org, and they can fill out an application and our team will get in touch with them. Okay, nice. And is that website also where they could learn more about the Baller Dream Foundation and maybe even sign up to take part in the poker tournament? Absolutely. Yes. Everything is on our website. The website for our poker tournament specifically is ballerdream.org slash circa. And we'll have a variety of packages that people can choose from. We have single player options. We have corporate packages available. Um, Circa's partnership is offering us full screen takeovers of the property all weekend long. So we have some really amazing assets to offer those that want to support a great cause. Okay. And what about if people just want to make a donation or maybe even volunteer to help out? Do you have use for volunteers? Not at this event specifically, but throughout the year, we are definitely looking for volunteers. Um, We have an inquiry form on our website as well. People can also support by making a donation at ballerdream.org or emailing me to donate a silent auction item that we'll have going on throughout the weekend. Cool. And what's your email? Page at ballerdream.org. Okay. And Greg, what would you like to say to listeners to encourage them to come out and take part in the poker tournament, have some fun, meet some celebrities, and of course, raise money for a fantastic cause? Well, absolutely. You hit hit them all on the button. I mean, uh, (laughs) uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Circa is a really fun casino. It's uh, it's circled more around sports gambling and and all sports. They got a million TVs in there with every sport on twenty four seven, and uh, it's a great way to hang out with your buddies, enjoy some adult beverages, maybe gamble a little bit, and it's all going to a good cause. You know, uh, the money definitely makes an impact on these families. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. Something I'm a hundred percent behind and. When you can have a good time and, and, and help people in need, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a really great view from up there on the 60th floor rooftop lounge, the Legacy Club, which is where right. the poker tournament's going on, right? 
incredible view. You can see the entire city, all four directions, overlooks the strip. You look right down the strip. You can see all the way past the M Casino back there by Southern Highlands. And then you can turn around the other way and see the jets take off at Nellis. So it's a, a pretty spectacular place. Fantastic. Okay. So once again, the website is ballerdream.org. If you want to find out more about the Baller Dream Foundation, if you would like to make a donation, if you would like to sign up to be a volunteer, that's all at ballerdream.org. Now, if you're interested in the celebrity poker tournament that's happening from April 28th to 30th at Circa Resort and Casino, the page for that is ballerdream.org slash circa ballerdream.org slash circa. You can sign up there or find out more information. And if you'd like to donate a silent auction item, go ahead and email page. That's page at ballerdream.org. P-A-I-G-E at ballerdream.org. And Paige and Greg, I want to thank you both so much for being here, talking about this fantastic organization, letting people know about it if they haven't heard about it before, and also letting us know about this really fun event that's coming up. It sounds like a really great time. So I appreciate both of your time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Heather. Appreciate it. Thank you, Heather. Thank you very much. Learning your child has cancer causes an emotional and financial crisis. Often, the best place for treatment is far from home. But with the help of the National Children's Cancer Society, children battling cancer can get to life-saving treatment, whether it's across town or across the country. To learn how we give families hope and give their children the best shot at survival, visit thenccs.org. That's T-H-E-N-C-C-S dot org. Because no family should go through childhood cancer alone. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities, victory over setbacks, victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. And it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Cedric McFadden, surgeon, speaker, writer, and mentor, as well as Karen Woomer, colorectal cancer patient. March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and the Colorectal Cancer Alliance is working to educate Americans on the importance of getting screened. Dr. Cedric and Karen, thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Since it's National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, how prevalent is colorectal cancer? Well, colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of cancer deaths in the United States. Uh, and it's estimated that by 2030, it's going to be the leading cause of cancer deaths in those that you may not think about, the young, less than 50 years of age. So it's quite common. We do also recognize that when caught soon and early, Colorectal cancer has a survival rate greater than 90%, which is the good news. 
unfortunately, one out of three people are not up to date with the screening recommendations, which is why we're advocating folks to get screened. There's a website with Colorectal Cancer Alliance called GetScreen.org that helps patients navigate through their screening options and determining exactly when they should begin screening for colorectal cancer. What exactly is involved in screening? Well, screening, generally, most people tend to think of a colonoscopy, right? It's an outpatient Mm -hmm. 30-minute procedure that involves examining the entire large intestines looking for cancers or polyps. But there are other options that may be available to you according to your own personal health and and life profile. And uh, that's why, you know, GetScreen.org goes through a lot of those options with the patient. It goes through the timing of when that should begin. For average risk people, we're talking age 45. But if there's high risk factors, such as a family history of colorectal cancers or polyps, that testing may begin sooner. And regardless of your age, if you're having symptoms of colorectal cancer, you also need to be screened. And And what are the symptoms? The symptoms of colon cancer. uh, First of all, let me just say that you may not even have symptoms, which is why it's important to be screened. Because if we're waiting for symptoms, we may be waiting too late. Uh, But if you have no symptoms at all, we begin screening, looking for signs and symptoms, including bleeding, uh, abdominal discomfort, weight changes that you can't explain, and even having changes in your bowel habits. Uh, Those are the signs and symptoms that you may have, but you don't have to have those symptoms. Okay. Now, you mentioned that it's treatable if caught early enough. What is the treatment process like? Well, treatment may involve a combination of surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, and that really depends on the stage of the cancer and where exactly it's located. It can be a lot to really take in and to navigate that space when you're just getting a diagnosis of colorectal cancer. The Colorectal Cancer Alliance has a website, a brand new website that's innovative, bluehq.org that helps patients navigate through all of their treatment options, research options, and really giving them support as they navigate through this process. Okay. Karen, what's your personal experience with colorectal cancer? So when I was the recommended age for screening, my primary care physician recommended a colonoscopy. I have no family history of colon cancer, and I had no symptoms. As Dr. McFadden mentioned, I was one of those people, no symptoms. And so I actually put it off for a year. Needless to say, I was shocked when my colonoscopy discovered polyps that were cancerous. And so based on that diagnosis of colon cancer, I decided to become very vocal in encouraging my network and everyone I knew that was appropriate age to get screened. And that's why I've partnered with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance to encourage your audience to go to getscreen.org for more information on screening options based on risk factors. So what exactly did you do to help spread the word throughout your network? Yeah, I got very fired up. I decided to be public about my story and use social media to share it. I routinely updated on my treatment, how my treatment options were going, and also encouraged everyone that was of the appropriate age to be screened to screen. And kept track of that on social media. And throughout my four months of treatment, almost 100 people got screened during that time because of my story. Wow, that's amazing. So just you sharing, this is what I'm going through. I recommend everyone get screened. You actually had a hundred people do that? Yes. I think, I mean, I was I was so positive. My fortunately, my prognosis was very good. And so I used that diagnosis to encourage others. So people like me who had no symptoms and were around my age 
could get screened and hopefully prevent going through, you know, having the treatment that I had to go through. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great numbers there. Now, I know you're not like tracking this as a clinical research project or anything, but do you have any idea how many people discovered that they also had colon cancer? Fortunately, of those almost 100 people, no one had colon cancer, but several people had polyps that had to be removed during their colonoscopy. So that was just preventing cancer every time somebody had a polyp removed. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. So, Dr. Cedric, can you remind us what is the age that you recommend people start getting screenings regardless of whether they have symptoms or not? So we recommend screening at the age of 45. Now that's for average risk patients. If you have a family history or other high risk factors, you may begin that screening sooner. Family history means a mom, dad, brother, sister. If if they have those histories themselves, you may begin screening 10 years before they were diagnosed. But for average risk patients, we're talking the age of 45. And if you have symptoms, regardless of your age, you need to be tested. Okay. And if you don't have symptoms and you don't have polyps, is this an annual thing? We should get a screening every year? Well, it depends. It depends on the type of screening test that you choose. If you have a colonoscopy and your average risk and you've had a normal colonoscopy, that may be done every 10 years, depending on your own medical history. However, if you have a family history or if you have a polyps present, that interval may be shortened. So it may be every two to maybe five years. Uh, if you do any of the other screening alternatives, such as the DNA-based testing or any of the virtual CT colonographies, that interval is going to be different than 10 years. So it really depends on the type of test that you do. That's why it's important. I think getscreen.org is a great way to navigate when you should do your next screening test based on your own profile. Okay, so getscreen.org is the website where people can go to go through the first process. What was the other website that you also mentioned? The other website is bluehq.org, and that is a website that's recently developed by the Colorectal Cancer Alliance, and it's specifically geared for patients who have colon cancer, their support system, their caregivers, as well as survivors. And it really tailors resources based on individual needs. It's a great new website. Okay, nice. So once again, getscreen.org is the website to go to if you want to find out how to prevent colorectal cancer. If you want to take a quiz, you can do your pre-screening there, find out what's involved in it, find out more information. If you're 45 or older, definitely get screened regardless of whether you have symptoms or not. If you have a family history of colon cancer, then start your screening process earlier and again, you can get more information at getscreen.org. And then if you do have colorectal cancer, unfortunately, go to bluehq.org. That's for patients who already know that they have colon cancer, bluehq.org. And Dr. Cedric and Karen, I want to thank you both so much for being here, bringing more awareness to colorectal cancer since it's Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. And Karen, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's amazing to hear how proactive you were and how many people you got to take action. It's an incredible story, and I'm so glad it has a happy ending and worked out for you. So thank you both so much. Thank, thank you, you so much. Colorectal cancer doesn't stop for COVID-19. Hello, 
I'm Dr. Cecilia Brewington. If you are age 45 or older, it's time to return to care and get tested. The government requires insurance companies to cover not only colonoscopy, but a range of tests, including virtual colonoscopy and other less invasive exams. Talk to your doctor about your options today. For more information on virtual colonoscopy, visit radiologyinfo.org. This is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and I'm Heather Vale. Joining me today is Amber Federiso, DNP, an Octopharma clinical nurse educator specializing in hematology for women, and Caitlin Bartholomew, plasma donor and mom. March is Bleeding Disorders Awareness Month, and it takes 1,200 plasma donations to treat one patient with hemophilia for one year. Caitlin's two young sons, Carson and Bryson, were both diagnosed with severe hemophilia A at just one week old, so when she donates plasma, it's personal. Amber and Caitlin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. So it's Bleeding Disorder Awareness Month, and people usually think of hemophilia, but what other bleeding disorders are there? Yeah, so there's actually a, a much more common bleeding disorder known as von Willebrand disorder, which is the deficiency of a different protein known as von Willebrand factor. It's pretty common. It's about one in 150 individuals, and they suffer similar symptoms, but different. Mostly, sometimes they'll be bruising or there'll be joint bleeds. It can be problematic and dangerous when it can affect bleeding that occurs in the brain uh, spontaneously or through uh, traumatic processes. And this can actually result with no trauma at all or, or just having just normal day. So that's what can be very dangerous about this. And I think people tend to think that only individuals with bleeding disorders require plasma donations. But I always want to remind individuals that the life you save may be your own because much of the products that we are processing here at our facility today are used to treat traumas and they are used to treat postpartum hemorrhage. And they're very important. And in those similar situations, we need just as many donors in those situations. So how exactly is plasma used to treat bleeding disorders? So the process is pretty intricate. Each of the donations that are received gets separated further and further. The whole process from start to finish takes about a year through all the viral testing steps. The actual donor themselves, it's similar to a, a blood donation, except it's different in that we actually provide some of that blood product back to the individual donor. And we actually have um, Caitlin here who can actually tell us a little bit about that process as she herself does this about twice a week. Yeah, so my two boys, Carson and Bryson, have severe hemophilia A. They each get three infusions of factor eight. And factor eight is a protein that we can pull from human plasma. And by infusing it, they have less chance of having spontaneous bleeding. So they can go about their lives pretty normal like any other kid can. Okay, now we hear a lot about blood donation clinics, donate blood, donate blood, but we don't hear a lot about plasma donation. When you donate blood, can you also donate plasma or is it a completely different situation and different process? So it's a completely different process. And one of the primary reasons for that is when you're donating blood, you're donating whole blood and we're going to utilize that whole blood that we are taking from you. In the situation of a plasma donation, we're actually going to remove a portion of that blood, give some of the blood back to you and then utilize that plasma and actually take in those individual proteins, process them down and then utilize that to actually get it more concentrated so that individuals um, such as Caitlin's sons can actually utilize that on a therapy. And it does take quite a few donations to get the amount that we need. So in this situation for her two sons, it takes 2,400 donors for us to be able to provide treatment for one year. 
So why don't we have more plasma donation clinics like we do blood donor clinics? I think it's difficult logistically, as we saw with COVID-19, individuals were not comfortable going out and, and donating. And so it can be difficult to set up these facilities. They are pretty complex. And then the availability of the donors has to be assessed as well. So as much as we would love to open up more centers, we need more donors to be able to open up more centers to fill this need. Yeah. Okay. Caitlin, what went through your mind when you found out that your child had hemophilia the first time and then when you got the same news again? I was in shock because I had never really heard of hemophilia before. And at 24 years old, to find out I was a carrier, it was really hard. But I learned quickly that it was easily manageable, thankfully for plasma donations. And the second time around was easier. I kind of went into it expecting it. There was a 50% chance that he would have it since I was a carrier. So I kind of just went into it expecting it. And then if it didn't happen, that would be awesome. But it did happen. And that's fine. We have um, like our hematologist in place and our home health nurse and all of that. So we just kind of threw him into the mix of what we were already doing with our first son. And even though you're a carrier, your plasma donation is still perfectly fine to donate to your son's? Yeah. So I'm a carrier. Um, it's kind of complicated. It's an X-linked disorder. So women have two X's, X chromosomes. So my other copy of my X chromosome actually covers for my defective one. So my factor levels are in normal range. There are some women that do have lower factor levels and they have like mild hemophilia or they're also called symptomatic carriers. But because my levels are normal, I am able to donate plasma. Okay. Wow. That's fantastic. At least there's a happy ending to the story. So since it's Bleeding Disorder Awareness Month and we want the audience to be more aware, where can listeners go to learn more about bleeding disorders and more about plasma donation? Yeah, individuals can go to octopharmaplasma.com or download the Octa app, or they can look at uh, community resources, resources such as the National Hemophilia Foundation, which has additional information about signs and symptoms they may need if they are concerned they themselves have a bleeding disorder. Okay, nice. So once again, octopharmaplasma.com is the website to go to, octopharmaplasma.com, or you can look up the National Hemophilia Foundation if you want more information on hemophilia and find out what the signs and the symptoms are. And I want to thank both of you so much for being here, Amber and Caitlin. It's been great hearing your story, Caitlin and Amber. Thank you for bringing more awareness to the audience. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. having us. This is Brad Keselowski, driver number two, discount tire Ford Mustang. Ever wonder what gives me a winning edge? A quick pit stop to check your tires can go a long way, whether you're driving on the track or just on the road. Properly maintained tires handle better in all weather conditions and provide you with the safe stopping power. Do a safety check on your tread depth at home or go online and book a tire inspection appointment. A message from the U.S. Tire Manufacturers Association. I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Joining me today is Dr. Stephen Rodella, Director of the Office of Defects Investigation at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. As we spring forward, it's Vehicle Safety Recalls Week, and the NHTSA is encouraging you to check your vehicles for safety recalls. Dr. Rodella, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure, Heather. Nice to be here also. So what exactly is Vehicle Safety Recalls Week? 
Well, NIFA has been doing this for quite a while, and we like to do it annually to remind people that recalls are important. If they have an open recall on their vehicle, they can take it in to any dealer, the nearest dealership of that brand, and get it fixed for free. This time of year, people change their clocks. They do other things to, in the, around their house for spring cleaning and such. So that's just another thing to do in your spring routine is to check for recalls. And there's lots of ways to do it. We'll talk about that later. But we have many ways to check for recalls. And every recall is important to get fixed because it's a danger to safety. It's a, a risk to safety. It's important that people understand those, those recalls are important to get fixed and they can get them fixed for free. How often do these recalls happen? Well, they're fairly common these days. In 2022 alone, Heather, we had almost 1,100 safety recalls that impacted over 32 million vehicles and pieces of equipment like tires and child seats. That's a lot. Just for vehicles alone, there was 932 recalls affecting 30 million vehicles. All brands of vehicles are affected by recalls. Wow. So how exactly does a manufacturer determine that they should have a recall? Like, How serious does it have to be and how does it get brought to their attention where it's suddenly, uh-oh, let's recall this? Right. Great question. You know, recalls are um, done a lot of different ways. At a, a car company, they will look at their own data and find that um, by the consumer bringing their vehicles into the dealership or complaints that they get, that they search through the data and find that it can be any component on a car that's affecting the safety of that driving that car. It could be a loss of power, it could be a brakes going out or something like that. And if they find enough of these uh, cases, they're obligated, uh, if they do determine it's an unreasonable risk of safety, to report it to NHTSA, my agency and my office, uh, within five days of determining that it's a uh, risk to safety. And then they issue the recall to us. Alternatively, if we open an investigation on data that we find, same thing. If we find in our course of our investigation that there's an unreasonable risk of safety, we will ask the man- to discuss with the manufacturer about possibly conducting a recall. And they often, many times often, they do uh, declare a recall and send that to us. So the process that takes time to develop, but also we are we see it in new vehicles, we see it in older vehicles, but it's a process between the manufacturer and that's a, to determine that safety risk and issue that recall to us. Okay. So that data that you're talking about, that would typically be in the form of like a pattern of vehicle owners complaining about the same issue? Correct. And and particularly, they'd say a particular make, car make or model, model year of a vehicle. We get complaints in our, uh, uh, at NHTSA, we have a consumer database where people can online send us complaints. We get about 50 to 60,000 of those complaints a year on any given year. And we read them all every day. And um, by complaining to us, we look at how often they occur for a particular make and model and how serious is the allegation of safety. And that determines how, how risky we think this is and how unreasonable it could be. And I believe the car companies do a similar thing. And so when they find that that pattern is established, they will declare a recall and send that paperwork to us. Okay. So how can we find out if our vehicle has an open recall? We have two easy places for information. Our website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, uh, is a very easy thing to do. You, you get your vehicle identification number, which is a 17-character number and letters or combination that's found in the lower left side of your windshield, just below the driver's side uh, door jam. And you type that number into our website I just gave, and it'll come back with a notice that you have uh, may have an open recall. If it comes back empty, then you don't have a recall. Another way to do that is to call our hotline. It's 
877-427-4236. And we have operators where you can, again, give the uh, vehicle identification number and they will uh, tell you whether or not you have a safety recall on your vehicle. And also you can call the, the, um, the, car, the companies themselves. They have established places on their websites where you can look as well, but NHTSA provides uh, an easy thing to do. And another option we have is also a, an app that we developed a couple of years ago called Safer Car. Safer Car is a great app to download. It's free. It's on uh, both Android and iOS, and you can uh, download that app. You can put in your vehicle identification number. You can put in even the makes and models of your tires in the child seat, and uh, it'll give you a notification if you if a recall is declared on any of those products. So it's very easy app to have in your in your wallet, always on, and it's like a and you can put your car, you can put your wife's car, your husband's car, your, your family's car, uh, and your tires, and, and it'll notify you if a recall is declared on any of those products. Okay, perfect. And then if we do find out that our vehicle does have a recall, what's the process for getting it serviced? Yeah, call your nearest dealership for that brand of cars and uh, make an appointment. And I said, uh, many of the dealerships now, because of the, of the frequency of recalls, really establish, um, you know, that you can bring that car in, they have technicians ready to service that vehicle, and it's all for free. So make an appointment as soon as you can, get it done, and your car is a safer car. We only see about 60% of recalls completed in a given year. So we know it's an important thing to do. We know there can be an inconvenience, but we're trying uh, as hard as we can, and so are our dealerships and car companies, to make it easier for customers to bring their vehicles in and get them fixed because it's uh, an important thing to do and we'd like everybody to get them done. Yeah, absolutely. So do we have to explain to the dealership, hey, I have a recall here and you're supposed to fix it for free or do they know all that? They should know all that. When you bring your vehicle in, they know exactly the vehicle identification number and if there's an open recall on that, that that pops up. I, I have a fairly new car myself and Anytime I take it to the dealership, it's autom- they say automatically, hey, you may have a, re- you have a recall in that car. Uh, we can get that taken care of for you today. So, And if they don't, um, you will get in the mail from the manufacturer a first-class uh, envelope, very, very bright, so safe, important safety recall. That, uh, that letter you can take to the dealership and say, hey, I got this in the mail. Um, can I get my recall fixed? That's another way that you can be sure that that dealer is aware of the recall. Okay, perfect. So there's a variety of different ways that we get notified automatically. And if we don't get those notifications or we throw out those notifications for whatever reason, then we have the different paths to follow to find out for ourselves. Absolutely. We think often that people think it's junk mail, but it's not. It's an important, if it says important safety recall that envelope, open it up, take a look at it. It's been sent to you personally by the car company indicating you have an open recall. Okay, perfect. And being Vehicle Safety Recalls Week, if you want to check yourself, again, those resources are nhtsa.gov slash recalls. That stands for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration or NHTSA, nhtsa.gov slash recalls. If you'd like to call instead, it's 888-327-4236, 888-327-4236, or you can download the Safer Car app, which I'm going to do right after I get off this interview. The Safer Car app is available for Android or iPhone and gives you the same information. You do need your VIN or vehicle identification number from the front windshield or the door jam of your car, and then you can find out if you have a recall. 
Dr. Riddell, I want to thank you so much for being here and giving us these great resources and this great information. It's the perfect time of year for people to be checking their vehicle every year, like clockwork. Even if we don't have daylight saving time anymore, it's still going to be a good time to think about it with spring cleaning and everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I really appreciate your time, Dr. Riddella. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Really nice, nice to talk to you. Have a good day. A year of war in Ukraine. Women and children have bravely endured an unimaginable year, but a brutal winter and unending attacks have left many without heat or electricity, enough food, or safe shelter. CARE has reached more than half a million people with life-saving support and is still there. You can help us keep going. Learn how at care.org slash Ukraine now. I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Today I'm speaking with Bridget Moikes, General Secretary for the Friends Committee on National Legislation, or FCNL. Bridget has 25 years of work experience on international peace and conflict issues, focusing on U.S. foreign policy. We're over a year into the war in Ukraine with no resolution in sight, but the FCNL has some ideas on what kind of approach could be more effective. Bridget, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. So what have we learned over the past year from the conflict in Ukraine? Well, we are a year in, as you say, and that's just the full-scale invasion. Of course, the eastern part of the country has been dealing with war and violence since 2014. So what we've seen is a massive humanitarian crisis. There are thousands of casualties, about 19,000 civilian casualties, around 280,000 combatant casualties. Of course, those numbers are a little difficult to be sure about, but those are the estimates right now. And nearly 8 million Ukrainians have had to flee their homes and are scattered across Europe. So what we've seen is a real disaster from this war, and it doesn't seem that we're getting any closer to the end of it. So the military focus of escalating the conflict, um, while understandable in terms of Ukrainians' right to defend themselves, is not getting us any closer to an end to the conflict. So we're, we're very concerned that the current trajectory is towards more dangerous escalation rather than finding a political settlement and an off-ramp to this crisis. Yeah, okay. Now, clearly, this has a major impact on the people who live in Ukraine or did live in Ukraine and got displaced from their home. But how is the war in Ukraine affecting the rest of the world? Yeah, obviously, this has not just affected Ukraine or even Europe. There are massive uh, increases in food insecurity due to the delays in grains and food shipments out of Ukraine. There's growing tensions between the U.S. and Russia that are quite dangerous, including the threat of nuclear weapons and a new nuclear arms race. We just recently saw Russia suspend its participation in the New START Treaty, which is very concerning. So we're seeing a, a global escalation of conflict linked to the direct war in Ukraine. Okay. Now, you said the military approach is understandable, but how else can we support the people of Ukraine besides weapons sales? Yeah, so I think, first of all, it's really important that the global community continue to provide the solidarity that we've seen across the whole globe 
so many people now have yellow and blue flags uh, for Ukraine out in their yards and on their stores. And so much of the world has stood behind Ukraine. And that's very important. We saw the overwhelming passage of a UN resolution condemning the invasion by Russia and uh, supporting an end to the war and supporting uh, Ukrainians' right to sovereignty. So that kind of global solidarity is going to continue to be very important, but also direct humanitarian, diplomatic, and economic aid are going to continue to be of highest priority. There are 17 million people who are in need of humanitarian assistance because of this conflict. And the U.S. has provided generous billions in generous humanitarian aid, but we need to keep doing that. We need to be in it for the long haul, including uh, long recovery and rebuilding that will be required. And we really right now need to shift our focus to a diplomatic approach that's going to find a solution to the conflict. That doesn't seem easy. It won't be a quick political settlement, I'm sure, but it is where we need to focus more energy and resources than we have so far. So by diplomatic role, do you mean negotiating with Russia? Absolutely. We know that you can't just build peace with your friends. You have to build it with your enemies. That's what peacemaking is. And we know that we can, the international community can succeed in negotiating with Russia, as difficult as that seems. We saw this past year, the conclusion of the Black Sea Grain Initiative, which is a diplomatic agreement uh, hatched uh, with the help of Turkey and the UN, directly with Russia to ensure the release of grain shipments out of Ukraine. And we've seen tons, uh, millions of tons of food released uh, from the ports in Ukraine because of that agreement. That agreement is up for renewal in March, so we need to focus some diplomatic energy there. But it also points to the possibility of having small steps of confidence building among the parties to get to a broader solution. We've also seen other actors such as China put forward proposals related to trying to secure a peace. And we need to be pulling out every stop we can to promote a diplomatic solution to this crisis. Okay. Now, some people would say that when you're dealing with a leader like Putin, diplomacy might not actually be possible because, you know, some people have personalities that don't really lend themselves to being diplomatic, being in respectful two-way communication and coming to a win-win solution. So what is the strategy that you would suggest for actually having Putin listen and make some concessions? Sure. I think that it's, of course, not easy to negotiate with someone, particularly when the illegal invasion of Ukraine is should not be accepted. The challenge, though, I think, is that with a personality like someone like Putin, backing them into a military corner is even more dangerous. And so getting to a negotiating table won't be easy. But there are actors who have uh, influence. We know that the U.S. has kept its communication channels open with Russia. Recently, when President Biden had his surprise visit to Ukraine, he had, the U.S. had reached out through communication channels we have with Russia to make sure they knew he was coming, to make sure there wouldn't be an attack at that time. So there is ongoing communication with Russia. There are many actors, not just Putin, who can play a role and we have to find a way to be able to talk to our enemies. And that's that's part of the, the challenge of diplomacy. And that's why it's hard work. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what else would you like listeners to know about the conflict in Ukraine so they can kind of shift their mindset and maybe get behind what you're suggesting? 
Sure. I think that one of the challenges we've seen in the public narrative and also in Congress where we focus our work is a binary focus on either support military aid or do nothing. And that is the worst, you know, either or that we could be getting ourselves wrapped into. So Mm -hmm. what we are really encouraging is for people to focus on the fact that no matter what we do in terms of military aid, there has to be a diplomatic strategy. And we need Congress to be backing that fully, at least not obstructing it. We need the administration and all the actors involved to be thinking very creatively and persistently about diplomacy. So we are urging people to write to their members of Congress and urge them to help bring about an end to this war through diplomacy. And you can do that right from our website at fcnl.org slash Ukraine and learn more about the conflict there. Okay, nice. So fcnl.org slash Ukraine is the website to go to. You can find out more information about the conflict, about the suggested resolution, and links also to write to members of Congress? Yes, right there from our website, you can write your letters. Okay, nice. So you'll have access to send letters directly to your member of Congress. Tell them what you want to happen in Ukraine, how a diplomatic component is so crucial to bringing an end to the conflict. And you can learn the background to more of that. Besides what Bridget has shared with us today, you can find more background there on fcnl.org slash Ukraine. That stands for Friends Committee on National Legislation, fcnl.org slash Ukraine. And Bridget, I want to thank you so much for being here, sharing your expertise with us and letting us know some different options that we as a country and we as individuals could be taking to ensure a more peaceful future and resolution, hopefully, to the conflict in Ukraine. So I really appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you so much. Thank you. As in all human conflict, adults fight and children suffer. Today, seven and a half million children in Ukraine need to find water and shelter. They need safety and school. They need a place to sleep and comfort in the dark. Show them the world cares. Support UNICEF on the ground in Ukraine. We won't stop until every child is safe. UNICEFUSA.org slash Ukraine. As Americans, we celebrate all the things that make us different. So what is the thing that connects us? The thing that makes us Americans? It's simple. It's our shared belief that we are Americans. We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. That belief that we each can be who we are and live the life we dream, in harmony with one another, in our system written in the words of the constitution. Know your constitution. It's who you are. It's who we are. Unity. It's an American thing. From AmericanThing.org. I'm Heather Vale with the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and this is your community events calendar for nonprofit initiatives and charity events around the Valley. March is the Awareness Month for several different health related issues. Here are some ways you can help yourself and others this month. 
March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and you could have colon cancer without symptoms. Since it's the second leading cause of cancer death, it's important to get screened starting at age 45 or earlier if you have a family history. Get more information at getscreened.org. That's getscreened.org. March is Myeloma Awareness Month, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is committed to improving health outcomes and erasing barriers to access for all melanoma patients. Find out more information at lls.org. That's lls.org. March is National Kidney Month, and an estimated 37 million American adults are affected by chronic kidney disease, or CKD, the gradual loss of kidney function over time. Since symptoms usually don't appear until it's advanced, up to 9 in 10 adults with CKD don't know they have it. Discover more at unfilteredkidneyconversations.com. That's unfilteredkidneyconversations.com. March is also Bleeding Disorders Awareness Month, and it takes 1,200 plasma donations to treat one patient with hemophilia for one year. Find out more at the National Hemophilia Foundation's hemophilia.org or the Nevada chapter at hfnv.org. That's hfnv.org. As we spring forward this weekend, it's Vehicle Safety Recalls Week, and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is encouraging you to check your vehicles for safety recalls. It's easy to find out if you have a recall that your dealership will repair for free. Just get your vehicle identification number, or VIN, and enter it at nhtsa.gov recalls. That's nhtsa.gov recalls, or in the Safer Car app. It's tax season and the AARP Foundation, which is AARP's charitable affiliate that serves both members and non-members, is providing free in-person and virtual tax assistance and preparation through their tax aid program from now until April 18th. It's focused on people over 50, but anyone can use the free services. Find out more or book your appointment at aarpfoundation.org slash tax aid. That's T-A-X. A-I-D-E, aarpfoundation.org slash taxaid. Monday's Dark with Mark Chinook is a bi-monthly musical fundraising party at The Space, with each event raising $10,000 for a specific charity in 90 minutes. Upcoming shows include Monday, March 20th at 8 p.m., benefiting the Bright Star Foundation, and Monday, April 3rd at 8 p.m., benefiting Pal NV, Protecting Animal Life. Get tickets or find out more details at mondaysdark.com. That's mondaysdark.com. The 5th Annual Walk for Friendship Las Vegas Fundraiser Walk and Community Carnival is happening Sunday, March 26th with check-in at 10 a.m., walk at 11 a.m., and carnival at noon at Las Vegas Sports Park, 1400 North Rampart. Support the Friendship Circle's efforts to provide social and recreational opportunities for children and young adults with special needs. Find out more or register at walkforfriendshiplv.com. That's walk the number four, friendshiplv.com. Bunnies Matter Rescue is holding their Spring Fling and Rummage Sale on Saturday, April 1st from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Floyd Lamb Park's Bunny Building. It's fun for the whole family with games, goodies, and gifts. Find out more or pre-order your game tickets at bunniesmatter.org. That's bunniesmatter.org. 
The Junior League of Las Vegas, or JLLV, is hosting its 20th annual Paint the Town Red event on Saturday, April 1st at 6 p.m. at the Venetian Resort. This is JLLV's largest annual fundraiser, honoring those who have made outstanding contributions to volunteerism and developing the potential of women in our local community. Find out more info or get your tickets at jllv.org. That's jllv.org. Special Olympics Nevada is hosting the Polar Plunge and Duck Derby fundraiser on Saturday, April 8th, starting at 9 a.m. at Cowabunga Bay Water Park, 900 Galleria Drive in Henderson. This is a Vegas-style plunge with a heated wave pool instead of the typical icy polar plunge. You can also dress in costume, with this year's theme being Independence to celebrate Special Olympics Nevada becoming its own chapter. Find out more, sign up for the Vegas Plunge, or adopt a duck for the duck. Derby at sonv.org. That's sonv.org. The Baller Dream Foundation and Circa Resort and Casino are hosting a celebrity poker tournament from April 28th to 30th at Circa Resort and Casino's 60th floor rooftop lounge, The Legacy Club. This three-day celebrity-filled weekend experience is hosted by Hall of Fame pitcher Greg Maddox to benefit young warriors battling cancer. Find out more, get your tickets, donate an item to the silent auction, or sign up to play poker at ballerdream.org circa. That's ballerdream.org slash circa. And Make-A-Wish Southern Nevada's holding their Walk for Wishes event on World Wish Day, Saturday, April 29th at Town Square, Las Vegas. Make-A-Wish chapters and affiliates across the globe come together each year to celebrate World Wish Day, the anniversary of the wish that inspired the founding of Make-A-Wish back in 1980. You can join in the celebration of more than 350,000 wishes that have already been granted while raising funds for future wishes. Sign up or find out more information at wish.org snv. That's wish.org snv. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 